Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, welcome back to the Talk Screamers. I'm Sybil. Today I'm joined by Jake. Say hello, Jake. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Say hello, Jed. Hello, guys. Welcome back. Third time lucky, boys. This is the third time we started the podcast <laughs> <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> Forever professional at the Talk Screamers headquarters. You know. um, straight, straight over to our Premier League review. My favourite show. I always feel, always feel a little bit hard done by. We've not done the review or the preview for a few days. Uh, Everton, West Ham. And as I said, the first take, uh, I was pretty pretty smug that I'd mentioned how how important a player um, Thomas Suchek was. And then he went on and won the game for, for West Ham. First win for David Wise over his old club. Uh, what did you think of the match, Jed? Oh, well, we said, didn't we, in the last, uh, or not the last one, but the preview to this game week, that Suchek was probably going to be the man to make the difference for West Ham if there was anybody in the team to do that. Um, and you're absolutely right, Simo, to be smug about it. Um, as you said, he's been he's been eating his potato salad and uh, popping up <laughs> popping up with the winning goal. I thought that um, it was a good game. I think it was probably an even game, and Everton will feel hard done by not to have come away with a point. But um, you know, West Ham got a big slice of luck for the goal. That's what you need to to win those games. Um, yeah, Moisey will be very happy with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo both of what you said. I thought I thought I was quite pleasing that we said. Um, Suchek would be the man to get the goal and, and Everton to, to lose to him. Um, but I thought, I thought, um, both sides were, were quite evenly matched and a, a draw probably would have been the best outcome in that game. Um, but you know, West Ham will be happy. Moisey will be happy. Carlo will probably be a bit annoyed, but he's got a bit of time now to work with his team. Where did Everton go wrong in this game? Tired legs? Possibly, yeah. Just weren't clinical enough. They, you know, it's one of those days for them, really. They had some, some decent chances and, Goalkeeper was equal to them for the most part, and, and yeah, as I say, I think they were just unlucky in the end because that the West Ham goal, where it comes from, is a pretty innocuous sort of shot going across the goal, and Suchek's in the right place. But on the flip side of that, as we said, West Ham will be delighted to to have had that slice of luck, and, and they they deserved something out of the game as well. Um, they had their chances and, and gave Everton a good game. So I definitely think yeah that the. the um, 
Everton probably can't feel too hard done by here. They they, they weren't clinical enough. Um, David Moyes, West Ham, still finding ways to just get these narrow victories. I think he's, he's definitely a Moisey side type type side. And I think the bench is getting deeper at West Ham as well in terms of uh, players developing. Obviously, players that kind of fell out that came for big money like Yarmolenko and things like that are now coming off the bench uh, for probably important substitute appearances like games like this where mm. you kind of maybe just need... You can't just rely on a youngster to come off the bench and kind of see out a game against against a side that's playing well at the time with second in the league. So I think having those like quality players that are, that are maybe not settled into the... Pre- well, they're, they're not playing at a level of the Premier League but can still come on and show a bit of quality for the last 20 minutes of a match to see it out and get a three points. Um, yeah, I think West Ham will maybe consider themselves head, heading in the right direction for the first time in maybe a couple of years. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, 100%. I think Everton might um, might need to deepen that bench a wee bit more. Um, do- I think that's Everton's yeah. problem, is that their bench just isn't... Their first team is really strong when everyone's fit, but that bench, is it does need a, a bit of a tweak and a bit more a bit more strength. Mm-hmm. But that'll come. That'll come with with time and, and Carlo's vision. I'm sure he's he's got a vision of what he wants his squad to look like, and he's worked on his first eleven as we can see. It's worked really well. So now for him, the next step is to get that bench, get that bench the way he wants it. Yeah, as well. it's, it's a project, isn't it, Everton for Carlo Ancelotti? He's, he knows he's not going to go in there and and win the title straight away. He's going to have to have a year, maybe two years, building, developing the squad, and that will definitely come. The depth will come there. I think so as well. I think he's doing a good. I think he's doing a good job, and it's it's not he's not been too long there either. Um, mm. I think we're a full summer, and I feel I, I I don't know if he if he's the type of manager to bring January signings in. I think I can recall a few Ancelotti January signings. Um, I, I think he's very particular about the players he wants at Everton. Though. He's he's quite dead certain on the on the on the players he actually wants to bring in. You know, he definitely wanted the Curry, definitely wanted Allen, definitely wanted James. Um, so. Whether they can get players he actually wants to move in a, in a January window, I'm not too sure. But uh, like we were talking about the transfer show that we've got going now, um, Christian Eriksen might might be a, a nice fit. It could have probably added a little bit of flair that they kind of needed in this match against West Ham, where they just kind of looked a little bit. They did look like foot off the gas, and the players like Gelfie Sig- Sigurdsson probably aren't used to playing. Like, what has he played three or four games in a row now, Gelfie Sigurdsson? Probably yeah. been a wee while mm-hmm. since Gelfie Sigurdsson's played four Premier League games in a row. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably too. Uh, yeah, I think, I think um, yeah, deep in the bench and I think Everton's still kind of moving in the right direction. Uh, and I don't think they could be, even though they were at home, I don't think they can be, you know, too disheartened by this performance. Uh, now that we've got a little bit of rest before the before the league comes back. Uh, over to a game that I quite actually enjoyed, uh, Man United, Aston Villa. Uh, I think Aston Villa can feel a bit, a bit hard done by oh, not into this game because I thought they were superb. I thought they were superb to the last. I'd agree. I think Villa had a really good game. I also thought United played pretty well and I think a draw would have been a fair result. Um, we said before, obviously, that this was, was probably going to be one of the games of the weekend. And I think we were right, to be honest, about that. Um, it wasn't quite the four-all that I was predicting, but um, it certainly, it certainly <laughs> oh, had yeah. everything, didn't it? It had the, uh, it had the goals, you know, it had the, the chances. And um, yeah, as you say, Villa will count themselves very unlucky. I just want to say right now, that is never a Man United penalty in the second half, never a penalty. There, there's contact on Pogba from Paul Pogba. He, he clips his own leg. Well, I don't think he's done it on purpose because it would be quite difficult to do that on purpose, but he feels contact from himself, goes down. And I, I can't believe it didn't get overturned by VAR. I think if that's an, at the other end, if that's a Villa penalty, <laughs> that gets overturned. So uh, I, I really don't agree with that. But, um, you know, 
on the positive aspect of that, I've got Bruno Fernandes in the fantasy team and he put it away. So <laughs> um, there's there's winners and losers in there on, on every side. But yeah, like you say, Simo, Villa will be definitely, definitely feeling hard done by there. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with you both. I thought the game was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was watching it and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. A quite end-to-end sort of match. Um, Villa probably did enough to take the win themselves at times. Um, you know, they made a lot of chances and I thought Grealish was really, really good and really impressive. Um, but I'd, I'd probably agree with Jed. I, I, I think five years ago, that's never a penalty. Um, and with VAR looking at that, it, yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't a, clear cut penalty for me you know the, the, still, still should be a penalty that's now. what I mean Shouldn't like be. you know you're looking at it there's very very minor contact not enough to it's like he's not directly tripping him up he's like kind of pushing Pogba's leg onto his other yeah. leg it's really really weird right and it's so be, minimal I don't it's think so minimal, yeah, it's marginal. really it's very, really minimal marginal. really sort of like borderline that I couldn't really see where the penalty was until I seen it from the angle where I kind of you kind of see him pushing Pogba his left leg over his yeah. right or vice versa because um, Pogba's like running on the edge of the box it's not like he's running directly in and go with anything I, 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 it's not a penalty for me I mean I just don't think like should you be rewarded for a sh- like rewarded with a, a spot kick 12 yards out when when literally you're running away from goal and there's the, the, the faintest of touch it's like the punishment mm. has to fit the crime. <laughs> it's just with, not with, a fair with deal. That one, um, with that one, it's, it's kind of like if, if there's a foul, there's a foul, yeah. isn't there, regardless of which direction you're facing. But that isn't a foul. It's not a foul in the first So, yeah, it shouldn't be a penalty. I've got a question for you, lads, as well. And, and I think I know what your answer is going to be as Liverpool fans. But are United second or joint top? Second? <laughs> Where does the league lie? What, you know, what does the, the table yeah. say? <laughs> I've just I've seen a bit of debate about it over you know, on Twitter over the I've last seen few an, days. Uh, I personally I, I think they're second. I've seen as well an interesting because, one and it was know, there's, there's no joint winners. That's is what there? I mean. I seen one and it was there's like three or four teams on the same amount of points and are they joint sixth or something? It was like no, the sixth, seventh, <laughs> and eighth. So that that's that's my argument about it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I don't really think there's much to be said. Sorry, I mean, United like, fans. <laughs> there they go. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, please stick it out because we're going we're gonna to praise you. Because uh, I think Man United are moving consistently in the right Absolutely. direction. And yeah. I actually kind of think that Ollie now knows his best formation, now knows his best. And I was not convinced by the, the 4 3 2 one, or, or the 4 2 3 one. Sorry. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be the system that was. I didn't think they really. I thought it was like a, maybe an outdated system that no one really pay, plays with a number 10 anymore. But a lot of teams don't play with a number 10 anymore. But mm. you've got Bruno Fernandes and he is probably one of the best yeah. in the world. I've thought the best number 10 in the world yeah. at this minute in terms of like dropping into the, the uh, space between uh, midfield and, and the opposition box. Um, he's just such a blinding player. I mean... Really, really, I'm really, adds, with, he really yeah. adds so much to the team, doesn't he? In, in like he you say, in the way he drops in and out, and and he's he's lethal as well. He can take a chance when it drops his way. He seems to everything he touches around in and around the box just seems to to go in the net. So he's he makes such a difference. I think United without Fernandez are a completely different team. So he, it, keeping him fit is is absolutely that's key for them. Isn't massive it? That's for key them. for them. Part yeah. of it, yeah, part of it. I think one of the things I, I'm starting to see confidence from the players around him as well. Yeah. I think mm. players like Cavani in the dressing room are, are really starting to like um, change the mentality of Man United, and I always called the form like for the past sort of like since pretty pretty much since uh, all his tenure in charge of, in, in charge of um, Man United when he officially signed the contract to become 
Man United manager, maybe because he did obviously had that great run when he was when he's just interim. Yeah. But I just think there's a different look about the players. Uh, I'm not buzzing to say I say that reluctantly. <laughs> <laughs> I say that absolutely reluctantly. But I've got to be honest, it kind of does look like they kind of do walk with a with their heads held a bit higher. Um, this doesn't feel like fickle form. It does feel like the, the, there is still there's gaps in the game. There's gaps definitely in Man United's game at the minute. I think Traore's goal was probably too easy. Um, they still probably mm. could be more solid at the back. Um, between, I, I mean, I, th- I think the, the right back and, and left backs at, at, at Man United are actually okay. I think the problem more lies at centre back mm. for me. I probably you probably want better centre backs. And Harry Maguire on his day is really really good, but sometimes it can be a little lacklustre as well. Um, I just think yeah, Man United are moving in the right direction. They look they look like different players now, not not in sense of the way they play, but in sense of the way they carry themselves. Oh, I think that, they could have yeah. That comes from a, a good run of form though, doesn't it? I mean, they've put a few good results together now, and they've got that confidence. If you look back earlier in the season, you know, they were getting dicked by Spurs and losing in the yeah. Champions League, and it was it looked like a different team, didn't it? So now they've got a few wins under their belt. That's what what you can do for a team. Definitely. Um, yeah. Can they keep it going? is the big question. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? When, when that Europa League comes back and they're, you know, mm. playing Thursday, Sunday, it's, it's going to make it more interesting. But I, again, Simo, I'll back what you said. I, I'm, it's nothing but praise for United at the minute, the way they've turned it around. And what I quite sort of went under the radar a little bit and everyone wrote them off and was like, yeah, they're useless. And then they went on this run of form where they've won however many games in a row now. And they're, you know, they're second in the league, level on points to Liverpool with a game in hand. So I think... To write any team off in this season is 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 um, is silly. Everyone writ City off as well, and and they're you know flying at the moment. Hmm. We'll speak we we'll speak a wee bit about City. That's what I mean. There's, um, said there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of teams that people have supposedly written off this season, and they're, they're proving everyone wrong. And um, I think United United are definitely you know they're they're they've improved and and they're looking good for the money as well. You know they're they what I like about them is they're they're winning badly if that makes sense is they're doing that classic United thing of scraping those results but they're still getting the three points mm. on the board and that's very much an old style Man United thing to do um, and I think bringing proven winners like Cavani and people like that in can only help the dressing room as well because if you're bringing in players that haven't won things and haven't had that success they don't know what it feels like whereas if you're bringing the players in who've got that success and want that success you're gonna it's gonna inject in everyone else to have that level of success I think so I completely agree um, over to Saturday's fixtures we did Tottenham <laughs> Spurs we did point out that if Marcelo Bielsa commits too many bodies forward uh, and underestimates how good Tottenham can be uh, on the break, etc., etc. that Jose Mourinho would do a job on him. And Jose Mourinho did just that. It was a fantastic, complete performance from Spurs uh, in almost every aspect. I think Leeds were a, a little bit unfortunate in some aspects, but I, for man for man on the pitch, they were beaten on the day uh, in most aspects you can think of uh, in the game of football. Yeah, 100%. They, um, as you said, you know, they, they run the risk of leaving themselves exposed at the back when they are so attacking. And when they play out as well, they are guilty of sometimes playing themselves into trouble. I think they showed that, uh, you know, this weekend against Spurs. And Spurs 100% deserve the win there. I don't think anyone would disagree. Even Leeds fans can't can't disagree with that. Well, it's great that they stick to their principles and, you know, they play that attacking football. You know, they are unfortunately going to suffer these sorts of, of losses. 
when one end of the pitch is is, is a bit weaker. Um, unfortunately, as we said, you don't want those chances dropping to the likes of Harry Kane and, and Chung Min Song because they're going to go in. I thought Tottenham were absolutely superb in that game. I feel like Leeds played into Tottenham's hands as well. Um, Tottenham knew how Leeds would play before they even turned up. We all know how Leeds are going to play. They're going to commit bodies yeah. forward and they're going to attack mm. you. And it's going to leave gaps at the back. And, and <laughs> how does Jose Mourinho like to play? He likes other teams to commit bodies forward and attack attack him. And he... Mm-hmm. And he There's more to it than that. There's more to it than that, Roger. Do you know I think that the players, the Spurs players know exactly what players, what Leeds players to nullify. And it was just like, this oh, yeah. job Sumerian was so good. I, I remember reading an article about his match analysis or pre-match analysis before he goes into, uh, uh, into um, sort of like, uh, into the next match. And it, it was one that was based on his his uh, match analysis or, or match prep to play to face Barcelona when he was Real Madrid manager. And he put so much work into opposition mm. sort of, um, studying the opposition and a lot of people put that sort of praise on Bielsa and say there's nobody that watches more football than Marcelo Bielsa but mm. it doesn't matter how much football you exactly. watch Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho got it right he got it right he took man to a man like I was like right okay the Bamford yeah. is just he can't get any sort of you only have to watch a certain amount to know who to mark exactly. yeah, who to man mark who who's the danger men are and, who do you need to double know, up on who do you need to like yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you could watch you could watch any Leeds performance pretty much from this season and pick out those players. Um, like you say, Mourinho got it right completely, and you know he is he is a great tactician for all his the negativity around the football that Absolutely. he plays. He he's a great tactician and and he sets up his teams really well. And, and we saw a perfect example of that this weekend. I thought Harry Kane was really good as well. Him and Son have been electric this season. It's been so good to watch. Um, and mm. and the stat that I thought was quite good was the fact that he's now scored against every Premier League opposition he's ever played. So thirty teams in the league, he scored against that's, them all. And I think that's, that's crazy. Isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. That's ridiculous. You know, like, scoring against every team you play against is. Fair enough to you, like <laughs> he has. You can't. He's, you can't argue with with, with that kind of stat, exactly. can you? Like uh, in, in putting he's him up there class. as one of the Premier League greats. He's, he's Not bad for class. a one season class. wonder, is it? <laughs> no, it was it was it two, three, four? Was it five, five six, six season, season wonder? wonder yeah. <laughs> I know that's the thing, isn't it? Obviously, it's, it's fair to say that Harry, Harry Kane comes under more criticism than than our players because of the, of the of the stature of his yeah. name. Mm. Uh, in terms of like, because he he plays in an English league, and out of all the English strikers, he has he has top dog, he is the man. Uh, so he has sort of like he has his critics, yeah. definitely. I think more critics than than he probably deserves for for, for just how consistent he's been uh, and how. One thing I really that really impresses me about Harry Kane is how he's been able to adapt yeah. his game uh, to different situations. Uh, yeah, I think his ability to to drop deep and hold the ball up better than. Probably any forward I've seen off the top of my head. I mean, like I always go back to this Manchester, the Manchester City performance where I just thought that was the best. That was one of the best number nine performances I've ever seen in my life uh, from from Harry Kane in terms of just how much he offered against a side that was clearly better, mm. man for man, clearly better mm. in every area of the pitch. But he kind of changed that game on a on a on a dime. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I all, think I'm, he's, I'm a big he's, fan of Harry Kane. He's really effective at sort of dropping in deep and picking out a pass as well yeah. when he's sort of t- on the half turn he knows where the runs are going to be I think that's why he links up so well with with Son because Son will be out on the left making that run in the middle and they know they seem to get the timing of it exactly yeah. right and obviously we saw that with, with one of the goals uh, at the weekend Kane dropped in 
on the turn, plays the pass inside and, and Son's there. And you know Son's going to take that chance nine times out of ten as well. So at the minute, that is is something that Spurs really do well. And Harry Kane, has, has, like you say, has adapted his game to do that. I think he's probably lost a bit of pace over the last couple of years with various injuries yeah. that he's had. So he's him still being able to do that and still being, you know, the the main man at Spurs is a great achievement and he's absolutely vital for them, isn't he? Do you not think there's, there's never a reluctance between Harry and Kane? Harry, <laughs> Harry Kane and human son to pass each other. There's never that reluctance here. I mean, no, no, I think they have I think this they bounce sort of off mutual, each other, don't they? Yeah, yeah, it's like a mutual agreement where mm. it's like we just work for each other and then that's that's fucking it. And they both um, profit. When, yeah. they do, because yeah. being a striker, as I said, or being a goal scorer in a team is a selfish game because you think if you don't do that job well, you're going to be yeah. dropped. Uh, there's, mm. I, there's always a sense, slightly, uh, when you watch Liverpool in particular, there's a say, apart from Bobby Firmino, like between like Salah and Manny, there, there is, you can sense sometimes there's a reluctance to kind of let the ball go to someone mm. else, you know, because they really, but that, they're top level players that, that love scoring goals and to, to score the goals, you've got to be the one taking the shots, but there doesn't seem to be any sniff of that between um, Harry Kane and Human Song. They just, they, they absolutely work for each other, their ability to run for each other, their ability to drag players out of position for the other one to, to move into, uh, or their, their, their ability to send the ball early. And I, I just, yeah, as they, them as a pair just, they really do impress me. Yeah, it happens, doesn't it, in the Premier League? You see these sort of partnerships where the players are just on a sort of wavelength and you think back over, you know, the likes of Shearer and Sutton, mm. Cole and break York, Sutton and Shearer's um, record. You know, the likes, of, the likes of Burkamp and Omri and those sorts of names that you just associate with each other. And at the moment, Kane and Son, they're, they're, they're one of those partnerships, aren't they? Yeah, they're duty they're due break. Um, one, I think um, one goal from, from assisting and scoring to each other yeah. uh, from uh, breaking the Sutton and Shearer record. Oh, that'll be, that'll be smashed. The, the SES record, considering they've got so much football left to play. Yeah. Um, I think that speaks to the volume of it. Mm-hmm. Um, over to Crystal Palace, Sheffield United. <laughs> Big Roy the boy gets a good three points before going into the break. All of a sudden, it's all, all, all the misery of the last three matches I've forgotten about. Yeah, we said that this could potentially be a gift for them, didn't we, the other day? And Sheffield United... Put a, put a little bow on it for them. Um, it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't good enough for Sheff, from Sheffield United again. Um, I don't want to, you know, speak about that too much, to be honest, because it was we kind of have the same conversation every week about Sheffield United, don't we? Um, what I want to say though is that Abiriese's goal for Crystal Palace was a goal worthy of winning any game. Absolutely fucking class that was. And uh, if they had not taken all three points after the back of that goal, I, if I was him, I would have been pretty fucking pissed off. I, I've just beat half the team. I've run half the length of the pitch, put the ball in the net. Great goal. And, and you can't even win. like that. You'd be absolutely good, wouldn't you? So I'm glad that they did win the game for that alone. Um, but I thought Palace probably looks... It's what they needed, isn't it? This, this kind of win against a, a side. You know, they'd be able to sort of flex their muscles a little bit going forward and, and that'll hopefully give them a bit more confidence now going into the next fixtures. Yeah, that goal was someone else, wasn't it? It was, it was quality. Like, Great goal. It was worth watching. Worth watching, watching the match for it, to be honest. I wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> but Emma was like, she had it on in the living room. I was like, oh, I'll go sit down. I'll go sit down and watch. I am sick to death of watching. I, just makes, <laughs> I don't even support them. It makes me angry watching them because they're, they're, they're absolutely... 
just I can't like I cannot believe how how a team could drop so fucking far from grace. <laughs> uh, but I was like, oh, I'll go watch it because I, I quite sometimes I quite like Palace, and I do think they're actually not bad. They're not bad yeah. watch. Uh, mm. I quite I'm a big fan of Wilfred Zaha. I think he does a lot of special things in the ball. But absolutely, he's got competition he for the first time in a long time at Palace. <laughs> Eze's goal was, was worth watching that night at Mount alone, and uh, he, he's I like his celebration. He just kind of give it a bit yeah. of that. Um, <laughs> And it was uh, yeah, lots of swagger. Um, and Roy was like very purposely, like sort of like, ah, oh, I just kind of wanted that impact off the bench, and I thought like I would need it at yeah. some point, and he did. And it kind of shows like the experience of a manager like that who's been in the game yeah. eighty nine years <laughs> <laughs> um, to 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 like sort of just know when know when to make the change, know when to sort of almost schlup that came off, wasn't it actually? Um, I think uh, we're we a bit of an injury, but yeah, came on earlier, made an early impact. Uh, yeah, but really impressed by Eze. Uh, what, what a player. Uh, as far as Sheffield United go, I don't even know why they bother turning up <laughs> anymore. Uh, what are they doing? What are they doing? What am I watching when I watch that team? I'm watching like League One, League Two quality. I mean, I, I mean, I'm a bit, am I am I exaggerating? Am I just, I can't, I don't, I, League I One, be... League One, League Two is probably an exaggeration, <laughs> but Championship, definitely. Definitely. Well, that's where they're going, um, and they are going there in yeah, a hurry. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, it's as I say, we have the same conversation about them every yeah. week. They're just not good enough. They just haven't been good enough. They they showed again, you know, patches of, of a little bit of fighting spirit throughout the game when they're already losing, and you know, they they you know, have a couple of chances. They're just not clinical enough. There's no one in the team who you can pick out and go, he's going to score today. You know, and, and that is is not. You know, it's not what you need when you're in that position. Um, so the writing is 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 been on the wall for them for a long time now. It's you know, and uh, yeah, championship is the way that they're headed. I think all we've got to start saying now about Sheffield United is when it comes to their game is Chris Wilder still in a job and they lost and that's the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is there one of those? Is there one of those Twitter accounts yet? It has Chris Wilder been sacked uh, yet? And he just keeps tweeting every no, single day. Because if, if there isn't, I might start one because like I think that's. <laughs> It's comedy gold, yeah. isn't it? I mean, like, <laughs> it's been 184 days since Chris Wilder should have been sacked. <laughs> 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 oh, but I mean, like, but I, I kind of feel like in two camps of like, yeah, he fucking deserves it, man. This is this is shocking. Him and the players deserve it. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want to rip from from man. I feel like human yeah. could, you, you feel job. a bit sorry for Sheffield United fans more than Definitely, anything, don't you? Yeah, yeah like, the fans. It, but, must, I mean, be, it like, must be awful watching. A, I don't massively feel bad. sorry. Yeah, for a bunch of millionaires. I mean, Chris Wilder never need to work another day in his life. Fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you want me to be like <laughs> super like sad about it, I, I find myself with both cards foot, foot in, foot out. Um, but yeah, Sheffield United need to do something. Even if they just play, why do they never play with any sort of aggression? Aren't they fucking angry? Surely, surely you'd be, be fucking angry. You've got to at least win one game this yeah. season. Just be like, this is fucking shit. I can't. This is what I mean. Like, there's, got- <laughs> there's there's patches in the game where they have this sort of fight, but it's it's not it's Very not there enough. Slim, it should be it? right from mi- it should be right from minute one. They're going at teams and mm-hmm. they are taking the game to them, and they're not. They only they only seem to fight when they're already losing the game. And you know that's not good enough. It's not the way to be because you know, as we said, they haven't got any players in the team who are going to put the ball in yeah. the net. So it's all well and good, you know, 
getting a few corners and getting fired up, you know, in the second half. But if you're not going to, if you're not going to score, then not, you know, there's no point. They're, doing things, like, and they're proving they're coming out of the games with no points. They're not, they're not putting in really, really hard challenges to like, I mean, if anything, right, you're a team full of generally tall, big, strong fucking footballers. Yeah. That yeah. Was just fucking bully other sides. Like, if it gets you a down old draw, it gets you a fucking down old draw. Clean just get into them in midfield. <laughs> yeah, if, it, if like nine of the players walk off the pitch with a yellow card, but you get a point, then fucking, do you know, shit bust, you, you got to do something other yeah. than just tip up and play the same garbage football they play every fucking That's week. It. I was listening um, to um, Tim Cale on a podcast the other day and he was talking about Liverpool Everton and he said that Everton were never the, the best side in the Merseyside derby. He said, but what they used to do is from the first minute was be aggressive and tackle, tackle. hard on your key men. Yeah, and make a game of it. Hit yeah. the key men early, lately, you know, put a tackle in. Be a, well, be no, a fair there. tackle, don't get me wrong. Win the, yeah. Just go for the ball, win the ball, but you let them know you're there. And that's, you know, it's it's right down from the top to, you know, Sunday league, isn't it? That's what it's about. It's hit, hit the, hit the yeah. key so men early. It's a mentality thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. They don't like, any of that fight it's a, it's that a mentality thing. Yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're going in, I mean, if you're um, an opposing player and you're being absolutely clattered every time you go near the ball, it knocks your confidence, awesome. doesn't it? And, and it stops you from playing. Um, and it's the really great players who then get around that and continue to be brilliant yeah. you know, while that's happening. Um, but you know, for the majority of the teams in the Premier League, if Sheffield United went and hit them, you know, hit them hard, as you say, Simo, and, and yourself, Jake, if if they were to do that, it, they would cause problems. Yeah. Um, but it's just a shame that. that I think all their heads have gone this point, it's not they? happening. They're resigned to the yeah. fact that they're going down and yeah, they're just not asked anymore. And it's, it's not be. fair they've on the fans. And they're, they're the ones at the end of the day surely, who pay the wages. Surely surely there's not one person in that dressing room who's sitting there thinking at this point, we've still got a chance of staying up. Surely, surely not. Chris Wilder. <laughs> Somebody needs to walk out. The board. The board, <laughs> probably. Not even, not even Chris Wilder. Surely, I wouldn't even back Chris Wilder to be thinking <laughs> that at this point. Surely. Surely. He knows I mean, he's safe in the job, though. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh dear me! Right, we'll be back with the next review. But we see the exact same things about Sheffield. Uh, it's like Groundhog Day, isn't it? Um, I'd a bit of a cracker of a game. A game I watched. My game of the the match week for me. Uh, Brighton Wolves three three. Um, oh, it's absolutely superb, superb. Although, um, uh, what do you call? Him? Uh, Dan Burn, Dan, Dan, is that his first name? Dan, Dan yeah. Burn, yeah, he had one of the worst. <laughs> yeah, he had a shocker, didn't he? He had a shocker. <laughs> one of the worst games I've seen in a long time from a football player. As far as a... individual, he was like Shane Duffy level. Like, see what Shane Duffy was having was like <laughs> two OGs yeah. and a red card. <laughs> that would be his a... contribution. There was an own goal and a penalty he gave, he gave away, wasn't it? Penalty, yeah. Oh, and then he was, he was on for a red card. took him off. If he, if he, if he oh, didn't get yeah, yeah. without, without Dan Byrne, Brighton might have won that game, to be honest, because um, they, they did play really well. I mean, we, we were saying in the preview about the quality that they do have in the yeah. team. And if they, you know, if they all play on their day, they get a bit of luck, then, then they'll cause teams problems. And I think they showed that um, the other day when they played Wolves. It was a great game, as you say, Simo, three all. It's always going to be a great game, isn't it, to get you know to produce that sort of scoreline. Uh, score um, Wolves, again, showed their quality. I think we, we predicted that Wolves would probably have too much for Brighton, and, and obviously we're, we're wrong about that, um, as we are wrong about, about numerous things. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought, as I say, great game. What, what impressed me most about Brighton is the way they came back from being 3-1 down. Uh, because when you're a team in their position, you know, sort of like 16th, 17th in the table, and you go 3-1 down, it's quite easy to just fold and, and yeah. 
lose that game from that point. So the fact that they've come back and, and taken a point away, that will work wonders for them, I think. And um, and yeah, a, a really credible draw from them. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Sorry, I thought I thought it was a, an absolute cracker. I, I agree with you, Sim. It was it was the weekend, uh, the game of the weekend for me. It was it was brilliant. It had it had everything you wanted, didn't it? You know, and Dan Burn aided that massively. Yeah. But I thought uh, Brighton, um, like we were saying, you know, what we like about Brighton was the fact that they don't give up and they always have this belief that they can play good football. And they showed that at the weekend and they showed, you know, we're 3-1 down. And we said, didn't we, that they need some luck this weekend and, and they did get a little bit of that luck. Uh, but I thought they were mm. bang on the money for a point and they probably could have gone on and won the game. But I thought Wolves, they should Wolves have. like when they went 3-1 up, yeah. after they scored that third goal, were absolutely dreadful. Like after the second half, they yeah, were shocking the, the Wolves. The, to, to mm. the last minute in the first half, I thought I thought the yeah. Wolves were absolutely yeah, yeah. superb, uh, and they, they yeah. were they were hitting Brighton with their hearts in it and exploiting yeah. their weaknesses. Um, uh, I mean, Traore just they were they were not like Dan Burn was just like mm. sort of like we need to double up on Traore. I was like, why are Wolves not doubling up? Why are Brighton are not they're not doubling up in Traore and they're just leaving Dan Burn to sort of deal with yeah. himself? I was like, the man is the man is fucking eight foot nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's he, he keep pace with fucking Adam of Traore. One of the fastest guys I've ever seen about. Ah, crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, they, they really should have been doubling, tripling up on yeah. Traore, hitting them hard early uh, before he could get into, into his full full sprint. Um, and they kind of did do that in the second half, and in the second half they definitely did um, deal with him a bit better. Uh, I thought Brighton, you know, they did look good. I want to see a front three of uh, Connolly, uh, Mupe, and uh, Tyreek Lamptey. Just like a free sort of like cannonball sort of front <laughs> three that just free sort of pacey hitmen. Because I think Connolly... Lamptey could play further forward. He probably could, yeah. couldn't he? Do a job absolutely. Of, like, oh, on, absolutely. on the right wing. Absolutely. I think he, he came through the academy as a winger. Oh, right. I think he's uh, yeah winger by trade, um, retraded to uh, right back and left back or right wing back and oh, left okay. wing back just to sort of fit him in the team. Um, yeah, special young man, fastest, still fastest sprint of the of the, of the league so far, I believe. Uh, yeah, super super match, um, super competitive, uh, and uh, unfortunately for Dan Burner, player I quite like. I mean, because he's only he's only like yeah. Eight foot nine centre back, uh, <laughs> left back, left back. Yeah, I've ever seen in my life. I think he used to be a centre back, didn't he? At some point. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. So by, by, by what I thought was quite. Back. What I liked <laughs> yeah. about Brighton though was the fact that they went like they were three two down, and, and the manager didn't sort of go. Ah, we've lost this one. Move on to the next week. He took Dan Burn off, and he threw yeah. Lana on, and he was like, "No, we're going for this game. I can see a, a potential weakness here," and they did it, and and it worked. And Lana came on and, and really brought an extra like bit of bit of skill and and, and expertise to that. And I thought, yeah, uh, I thought Brighton were really unlucky, but I I thoroughly enjoyed this game. And to be honest, I, I I enjoy watching Brighton. I think they're a good side to watch, whether they're getting battered or you know they're putting t- teams on like this because. They they probably should have won this game, really, in the end. Well, they should have because that fucking referee blew the whistle far yeah. too early uh, <laughs> on that sort of last minute pull. Who was it that was breaking away? Was it was it Gross? I think might have been Gross sort of breaking away. Um, and and, and, and put and buries the ball in the back of the net as he should because he's like one on one with the keeper. Uh, but the, he, all he does is fight yeah. for the ball. Uh, like, yeah. But the referee sees it as a push and he blows it. It's so soft yeah. though. And the, ref- and the referee blew, as soon as you blow the whistle, you, you VAR can't interfere. It wasn't a foul. It can't interfere. Yeah, it was not a foul. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't a foul. The goal should have stand. Brighton should have been uh, coming away for that game with three points. So I, I do feel like uh, Graham Potter has every every right to feel um, hard yeah. done by there. 
done over by a bit of bad refereeing that we shouldn't really be seeing in um, 2021. Yeah, on the flip side of that, I mean, Wolves had a great chance at the end as well. I think it was the young American yeah. lad went through the midfield. Uh, Otswa, and, and, Ot- yeah, yeah he, he had a, an absolute sitter, a free header in the box about seven or eight yards out and skied it over the bar. Uh, I mean, fair, fair enough, it was coming to him a little bit of pace from the cross, but I mean, you should be burying that, that chance yeah, with, with no defender around you. So there's, there's, um, you know, there's arguments on either side for who could have won the yeah. game. I think, I think a draw was probably a fair result, to be honest. Yeah, I think that I, I still kind of feel Brighton could, should, should have the three points based on they, they, they put the ball in the back of it. The youngster, though, the young American was second, absolutely was sat in the goals. <laughs> he couldn't even stand up because he knew right, he knew right away, he should, he should have buried that. Uh, but moving on to West Brom Arsenal, a close second for the uh, game of the week for me. Um, I thought you were going to say close Arsenal. game. <laughs> I did. I was. No. I was no. The first word that came out of your mouth, I was like, I, what? <laughs> uh, it was a close fixture. There was only the four goals in it. Uh, what did you think of Arsenal's performance? Their performance of the season for me in the Premier League? Definitely. I thought they played really, really well. Great performance from them. I thought Saka was absolutely brilliant again, um, as he has been in the last couple of games. Um, he is definitely one of their key players right now. Kieran Tierney had a really good game as well and scored an absolutely brilliant a goal as well. Um, and and wore short sleeves in the snow because <laughs> um, he's absolutely hard as fuck. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I thought Arsenal, Arsenal played really well, deserved the win, and I'm really glad that I predicted they were going to win in the preview show because <laughs> something's one of my predictions has come true. I didn't, I didn't obviously say four 0 but you know, who would have called that? To be fair. Um, yeah, great performance, really, really pleasing performance for Arsenal from an Arsenal point of view as well. Because obviously, we were saying if they come away with the win, they'll turn the corner at this point, and I feel like they definitely have now uh, off yeah. the back of the last couple of results they've had. Yeah, marker down in yeah. my opinion. Um, just before we go on to your points about the game, Jake, I just want to point out that Kieran Tierney warmed up in your shorts and t-shirts as well. <laughs> I was watching players warming up like in full fucking <laughs> Chernobyl hazmat suits because <laughs> it was so cold. Uh, like beanies, scarves, fucking windbreaker, double layers, leggings, tights, fucking thermal socks. I think Kieran Tierney's running around with fucking shorts and t-shirt. <laughs> he would have Be played bold. without a shirt on if he could have done. <laughs> <laughs> We'd go skins. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, like I just want to say, like I thought Arsenal were, were, were brilliant. That Tierney's goal was phenomenal, but that second goal for me was that was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Saka's goal yeah. was Lovely was class. Goal. That's like Arsenal of old for me. That is, it's really really good. I didn't think that to be honest when I was watching the build up, I didn't think the game would go ahead at one point. Um, so fair play to the groundsman. Um, although Big Sam probably wishes that he didn't save the yeah, pitch. Yeah, he wanted he the didn't game want done. Pitch saving at that rate. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but he wanted that. Uh, he wanted the game. Came done and yeah, yeah. played, uh, but that, that wasn't going to happen. It was too, it was too far. In. Uh, that can't did, happen these days. Not with all the yeah. undersoil heating and stuff like that. Yeah. It can't happen. It's not, not in the Premier League anyway. <laughs> not in a no. big Sam ground. Um, <laughs> no, not in a big Sam ground. Uh, and he probably, he probably did. T- they, did they, they eventually turned on the undersoil heating. Uh, he probably was like, "Leave it fucking on." He's <laughs> 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 been down there throwing bob all uh, down controls. there with a down yeah. there with a spanner, just loosening bolts. And- <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you know I really do think Arsenal could have had double the goals he got because fucking they were just superb Black as it should have had a hat trick fucking absolute travesty that boy didn't have a hat trick uh, I was going to mention him actually yeah. um, I feel like at the moment he's really sort of found his scoring touch hasn't he Black as it 
I said I said yeah. the other day at the minute, I think what Arsenal need to do is give the ball to the youngsters like Saka and Smith Rowe, let them do all say. the hard yeah. work and put the ball in the box. Yeah. And Lacazette's a player who can finish those chances, as he showed mm. the other day. And as you say, he could have had a hat-trick. Um, obviously, doesn't matter how his goals go in either. I think he scored one with his knee. Uh, the, yeah. uh, the second goal he got that's the kind of thing that, that you need to be doing as a centre forward as a number nine at a team yeah. like Arsenal you have Pain to be putting those in. goals in yeah and yeah. so I, I've been impressed with Lacazette in the last couple of games I've always thought he was a decent player anyway um, yeah. and hopefully he goes on and bags a few more goals for Arsenal now because it's, it's definitely what they need yeah it's good odd football manager there's always been good odd football manager oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's that um, might be partly why I've always rated him <laughs> 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 FM16 um, he was lethal <laughs> Do you, know, do, you know, do you think he's maybe more effective because he doesn't he's get the youngsters to do yeah. the running for him? Oh, I think yeah, so, yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, he's he's, he's, he's good, a bit, yeah, of a, bit more of a poacher at this point, isn't he? He's not having to yeah, work as hard and it's, not... it's helping him out because, like you say, the young lads are doing all the hard work for him and they're basically saying to him, right, we'll, we'll work the ball to, to the box and all you've got to do is score and now he's doing that too. I think he'll love that yeah. as a striker Who as well. Surely that's what you want as a, a centre-forward. Yeah. They're lazy and they just like to score goals, so... They want people yeah, to work Jamie for Vardy. That, I mean, that's what you yeah. want, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. I just want to mention um, Emil Smith Rowe as well, because obviously Saka, because he's the one getting mm, his yeah. name in the course, the, the score street. He's the one um, doing the, the post matches and stuff like that, yeah. post match interviews, and I, I think it's understated uh, his contribution to the to the the game and their, and their good run. Emil Smith Rowe, yeah, he's good quality. Yeah, he's, definitely. He's yeah, he's, he's, he's he looks like a, a real player. Um, he's got yeah. that that ability to to take the ball past a, a player, and he's not trying to do too much on the ball yeah. either. He's he's then looking for a pass and in finding the player going forward. He looks like a real prospect. So. Well, he's he's a number ten that's willing to willing to press the ball as well. So he's mm. not just technically gifted. He is willing to work hard for his teammates and and actually close down players and help out the front line and drop back into the midfield and, and help out uh, the players in those positions, which is kind of, obviously, that's maybe where Mesut Ozil's lacking, that he really only has a technical ability. <laughs> and that's kind of yeah. Always so, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Ozil even tweeted out that, oh, it's glad to see a number 10 back at Arsenal. I can never tell if his, yeah, if t- his tweets are tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> generally because he's always like Arsenal when he's like yeah and I was like Mesut you're not even registered mate. you're not even registered mate. You're not, you cannot even get on the pitch it's <laughs> cheeky point. isn't it it's cheeky it's cheeky one, one thing I will say one, one thing I will point out and I'd like your opinion on this as well lads I don't like Emil Smith-Rowe's really small socks um, I think it's a, a trend uh, that Jack Grealish yeah, has set is, yeah. and I'm not I was a fan of say, it yeah. Nobody wore short socks. Then Jack really did it, and uh, everybody. Yeah, was like, I'm not. I'm really uh, not a fan. I think just just sort it out. Put proper shin pads on <laughs> because at the, yeah. the end of the day, they're only they're asking for you know for a leg break or something, aren't they? Because the shin pads only come up to half of their halfway around their ankles, and, well, and the socks. Like, it looks yeah. it looks cool if you're at five a side, but <laughs> yeah, you're a professional footballers, boys. Just sort it out, you know. That, then, yeah. uh, then, then he'd be fine. Pull, pull your but, socks um, up. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the way that Smith Rowe plays that way as well. <laughs> all praise until we get it's to like... his socks, and then Jed's all over him. Oh, yeah, all yeah, over yeah, him. No, he's a great footballer. He's a great footballer. Uh, he needs to sort his socks out. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's the reason we're writing him off. <laughs> yeah, he'll never make it in this league. You would never see Patrick Vieira do that, would you? <laughs> you definitely wouldn't. Fuck <laughs> it. Uh, Golf shoes, <laughs> spikes <in> the <laughs> socks, well and chilly up. Um, so Burnley and Fulham was postponed. Um, 
don't want to talk about it too much. There's enough COVID going around, and there's enough yeah. people talking about it. I just it. want to say, I feel like about that listen- game. did you see uh, Carrie Lineker's tweet about it? <laughs> He, tweet, he, no, he tweeted not. out um, when it was postponed, he went, should we just call it a nil-nil now? And um, Tarkovsky <laughs> tweeted him back and said, yeah, I'll take a clean sheet. <laughs> it, was just, it made it a proper chuckle, me at the weekend. Lineker was just like, yeah, it's a nil-nil. Tarkovsky was like, yeah, it's a nil-nil. <laughs> like, it's just funny, though. Uh, I, do you know Scott what? Parker, do you know what? Scott. I think the Premier League needs to make that yeah, happen. Yeah, just make it a nil-nil. You know, what's, yeah. yeah. what's the point in putting that game on? It's no, you know, it's... It's not going to be a Brighton Wolves, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Actually, actually, Barnes might tip up and score a few, um, and then not, and then not score for ten. Um, yeah, yeah. Asking no, no, yeah. Written all over it. I'm going to do play that match. If it, I'm going to put, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, boys. Andy Carroll goal, Newcastle Leicester. Andy Carroll goal. How I said it at the beginning of the yes. season. Yes. <laughs> I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm absolutely delighted. There's just something about Andy Carroll, isn't there? You just want to see him score. <laughs> and you know, I seen this. I saw a stat saying it was been. It's been about ten years since his last Newcastle goal it's as well. Ten years. Yeah, and what eight a stat days, that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing, isn't it? And like, do you know what? I feel I feel like Andy Carroll scoring. I, I saw someone tweet this. Andy Carroll scoring is a win in itself for Newcastle. <laughs> forget the yeah. forget the result. Andy yeah, Carroll's bagged and a goal a it great was goal, a great it goal well, a, a it was volley. a really good finish yeah, yeah but they lost <laughs> he only scores about this who cares Andy <laughs> Carroll scored who cares this is the start this is the start of Andy Carroll's absolute his renaissance is it blind in front of form now yeah can you, can you imagine a peak Andy Carroll playing up front with Callum Wilson the sort of big man little man comp perfect I mean, oh, yeah yeah perfect that would be fucking that would, brilliant that would be fucking that'd be, brilliant that would be sick it's just <laughs> Andy Carroll needs to, to shave a bit 10 years off his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. To be that book on paper knees. Um, yeah, I seen him do an overhead kick in pre season and I was rubbing my heart. I was like, oh. Here he comes. <laughs> um, yeah, great to see Andy, Car- Andy Carroll go. I kind of feel like uh, Lester aren't getting the credit from the screamers this week. Because, yeah, because yeah just because Andy, Andy uh, Carroll's play- fully overshadowed everything yeah. about Lester. I think Lester know that. They play well, Lester know that as well, yeah. don't they? They know that. Yeah. That Andy Carroll's making the headlines. <laughs> yeah. They did they do like a really good night. Yeah, they played really well, Leicester, to be fair. They did, really yeah, well. they did. Yeah, they they deserved the win, didn't yeah. they? And and I wanna I wanna say as well, I think James Madison had a brilliant yeah. game. Um, yeah. he looked really threatening, took his goal really well as well. Um I don't think Newcastle fans will have been surprised that that they lost that game, you know, and I don't think they no. can they can argue with the with it either, because Leicester thoroughly deserved yeah. it. But yeah, unfortunately, doesn't matter because Andy Carroll's the one. <laughs> Precisely. Precisely. <laughs> Yuri Tielemans getting on the score sheet yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, good goal as well. well I, yeah, I, I, I Wonderful that, I'm a big fan of. Wonderful yeah. football. Yeah, superb. Superb midfielder. Superb Premier League level midfielder who really I can foresee moving to it. I know Leicester are a big team now. And my opinion, they're a big team won the league. Let's not have this argument again. Oh, should we have this argument again, actually? Uh, Let's not have a big team, yeah. Oh, we didn't win the league. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, Simo. Newcastle are a big club. <laughs> yeah, I just decided by the audience of Total Schemers. We An audience pool, of fools. The people have spoken. <laughs> oh, no. They're going to, they're going to rest their listeners. Hey, except the ones that listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, big Steve. Steve and Jace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that. He loves the screamers. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> over to Chelsea. I'm just going to move on because there's yeah. nothing, nothing else we can say about that. That's it, that's uh, it. Game over. Yeah. Andy Carroll Chelsea, Man City, Man City. Phenomenal. They made Chelsea look absolutely shite, didn't they? I thought they, yeah. they, they made it look like a very, very easy game. When we were predicting it, it could have been a difficult game for both sides, mm. really. And obviously, Chelsea are in, in dire straits at the minute. I'm sure we'll come on yeah. to that. But I thought Manchester City were brilliant going forward. They seemed to, to counter-attack really well, as you know, as they always do. And I thought De Bruyne had a good game. Uh, Sterling, Foden looked dangerous. And, and you know, I think got, got the goals or Foden got a goal at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, deserved three points for Man City. And that'll be a, a real confidence booster for them as well, um, given that they've been you know, not really playing well over you know, the last few weeks or so. Uh, but I thought that was a really good performance. I thought Man City were, were brilliant. And I, I thought Chelsea were shocking. They were so <laughs> bad. Like, it's not even funny how bad they were. I feel like Frank Lampard just at this point just doesn't have a clue what he's doing with that squad. Um, and you can see the, the, the fact that, you know, look at the money they spent. Look at the players that they got. Look at the, the money... City have spent in the place that they've got and I think Pep showed him exactly how you fit in a team of superstars and make them play football because um, yeah. Chelsea was so bad shocking and and to start Werner when he's not scored in, he hadn't scored in 11 before that and then now he's not scored in 12 um, yeah. and you've got Giroud and Abraham on the bench who were both on fire especially Giroud and and what annoyed me watching that game was the fact that Chelsea were just like whipping balls into the box, and you were like, "You are crying out for Giroud on that pitch. Yeah. You're playing like you've got Giroud on the You're pitch, playing the Giroud way." And yeah. I feel like if he'd have played, it could have potentially been a different story because a lot of those crosses were were really good crosses, but there was just no one there to to be on the end of them. And I, but yeah, Chelsea were shite. <laughs> There's no other word to call it. We were shite. <laughs> we- we spoke about Giroud a lot in the preview. He was probably the main sort of subject yeah. of this game in terms of would he start? Would, would he should have been Chelsea's main focal point yeah. in the game as well? <laughs> uh, pretty much. I mean, I think it was a uh, it was a mistake. It was because otherwise you, you you're not trying to muscle Man City. You're trying to play better football yeah. than them. And I just yeah. don't think yeah, yeah although they have absolutely Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea have um, superstar players yeah. definitely. Um, but I think. Man City could been in with a better game plan as well as the better players. Uh, they doubled up on Pulisic, doubled, doubled up on um, Zayet. She just could not get in the game yeah. at all. Uh, they were fouling early when Chelsea were trying to break. Try to break. Uh, they were doing everything right and, and Chelsea just absolutely nowhere near it. Um, and they did put on Tammy Abraham for the last and they did actually show exactly. why you should have probably played a, yeah. a, a more physical forward in the first place and, and uh, Chelsea did maybe pick up a little bit in the second half but uh, Man City were playing without an out-and-out striker exactly. on the pitch and, and still and got three goals yeah, yeah still scored three goals and still looked really threatening yeah, yeah. I thought yeah young Phil Foden I thought was absolutely what a superb. player Phil Foden is he's unbelievable yeah I thought Gundogan yeah. had his best Best game of football I've seen him play for a yeah. while. Not that he doesn't. Absolutely. Yeah, he's one. He's one of those players. He's, he's a seven or yeah. eight every week. You don't really see a lot of tens out of him. Uh, I thought that game was a ten. I thought it was. It was really, really, really special that match. Uh, and I think, um, yeah, wrong game plan, wrong team selection, wrong formation. They were just they were lacking bodies in midfield. They played with two central yeah. midfielders. Um, well, actually, because Mount. But, they played the they played a four three three with Kante, Mount and Kovacic, didn't they? But it felt like Mount was disconnected yeah. 
because he yeah, was he's always mount. looking to go forward, isn't he? And yeah, and he's more of a number ten, more than, really. Yeah, more than play a central midfield role. Oh, I think as as you say, Simo, um, tactically Chelsea got it wrong, as Jake yeah. pointed out as well. You know, leaving the likes of Abraham and Giroud on the bench at the moment and starting Timo Werner is just a bad decision. And you know, we, obviously we spoke about this in the preview as well, as we mentioned. I I personally think that leaving Giroud in particular on the bench again is is criminal at this yeah. point because he's on fire and he will cause any defender in the league problems if you whip him crosses in to the box. I mean, he showed that in the, the last game they had how dangerous he can be on on a half chance with a you know an average ball put into the box you know against Villa he, he scored and he took that chance and you know Timo Werner doesn't do that and if if Chelsea are going to be whipping those crosses in into that that space where Giroud's most dangerous why is he not on the pitch it's it's a really bad call from Frank Lampard yeah I mean, it's not just that set pieces as well. Yeah, yeah, of course, he's, really he's so effective. He's really good in set pieces. If you uh, and even a few, if you, if you, if you yeah, look at the the Chelsea teams in the last sort of since Abramovich just took over, if you look at them, the one thing they've always got up front is a big, strong striker, Drogba, Costa, yeah. you know, Anelka. These types of players that can hold the ball up, win headers, and and you know, cause real problems. And Giroud is is that type of player. I guess he's he's not in that league with them other three. Don't get me wrong, but he. Is the he's the best striker Chelsea have got at the minute. Werner's confidence is gone, and Abraham's still learning his trades. And Giroud is on fire. Chelsea set up to play with a man like that, and they don't. Um, Werner's like significant contribution was kicking the corner flag. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> that was a pretty shocking moment, wasn't it? <laughs> Olivier Giroud doesn't do exactly. that. Olivier Giroud is nowhere near that corner flag. Put him on the pitch. Do you know? Do you know why I've not mentioned Timo Werner yet? I exactly. He was playing. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that says it, it all, doesn't it? That says it all. Talk about being a passenger yeah. in the 90 minutes. Um, absolutely a passenger in that game. Uh, my word. My word. Uh, I would, one, one, one question I want to ask you is, Pep Guardiola, is a super, he's a superstar manager, yeah. would you agree? Yeah. He's won a lot as a manager. Yeah. He's won a lot. And he's got superstar players. Frank Lampard was a superstar player, but he's he's not a superstar manager. But he's got superstar players yeah. to manage. He's got players on a lot mm. of money that came for a lot of money. I can't is that is that maybe the reason he's not getting out his players what Pep can get out his superstar players? Obviously, Pep has like know. you know, he has like twenty four players that are on like over a hundred grand a <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he has um I don't know. I, I think it's like um, Jamie Carrigan described it brilliantly yesterday and he said you know, Lampard didn't get the Chelsea job because he's a great manager. He got the Chelsea job because he's a great for Chelsea. And that's that's the yeah. difference. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not had a lot of experience managing. And and to go from Derby, where, you know, your, your, your biggest players aren't... And, and, and look at Frank Lampard and are in awe of Frank Lampard. He's managing players now where they're probably looking at Frank Lampard and going, I'm on more money than you ever were. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, as laughable yeah. as it is, because he's one of the all-time great English footballers, that, you know, is probably what a lot of them are thinking. Um, and I, I I think I feel a bit like it's a bit harsh on Lampard to, to give him this job so early on in his career, because if this goes wrong, you know, it's probably his footballing managerial reputations potentially a little bit tarnished in that sense of, you know, you've started in the championship, you've done okay, um, you've gone straight to the top. It done okay there, but if his name wasn't Frank Lampard, it was just some random bloke that one yeah, year management. Course, he would never then, get the Chelsea job. Then, then, no, and no, then, absolutely. But, and then, granted, did get Derby to the playoffs, 
But like any other man, that's any other man in the world. Uh, they, they don't get yeah, the, 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 uh, well, Scott the, the Parker wouldn't job. have got it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think. Yeah. I think um, I, I'd agree with what Jake said. Um, those players would be looking at him like, yeah, you know, I want more money than you, or whatever. I mean, I think having a great player as a career doesn't make doesn't mean you're going to be a great yeah. manager. Look how many players there are who've gone and won everything there is to win, all these trophies, and they're not. You know, they're not football managers at this yeah. point. If if it was that easy, everyone would do it. All these great players, yeah, everyone would be a football manager, and it's it's not that easy. I think Frank Lampard defo needed more years in other jobs in football, yeah. potentially at Derby. Um, Jamie Carragher on, on Monday Night Football was talking about um, Gerard at Rangers and how how he's gone there and, and had a, a couple of seasons there now and doing well. Other players have gone in. Uh, what to are clubs. one of the most difficult jobs? Um, I, I, yeah, think, I think Gerard's been. Because you get, you I, get think, like, I think yeah. Lampard should have worked his way up to the the Chelsea job and not taken it so so early because yeah. you know as you say he's a, he's a big name at Chelsea and yeah he was a great footballer and he won everything there was to win with Chelsea but. Does that mean he's going to do the same as a manager? No, I think not, I think Steven Gerrard's been and, quite, and now he's proven you know. quite savvy in the fact that he's taken on a massive job at Rangers. In in terms of Rangers, you know they're they're an iconic club with a fan set that expect mm. a lot, but they're not a Premier League team, so he's yeah, not yeah. viewed in that same light of as a Lampard. But he's getting the same level of criticism, exposure. And all that sort of stuff, but on a much much smaller scale. But in 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 the Scottish league, it, obviously it's a huge scale. But he's getting that that experience of the criticism that you can get at the top level without it really coming over to to England and it, and it and it affecting it. Slodger dies. He's going to win a league title. This is it. Yeah, he's going to. He's going to win a league title. And I'm glad he's a lot. Obviously, that would mean a lot to a lot of people that are England. But in Scotland, you know, Celtic have won what nine in a row. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's that's. It's a good achievement. It's the impossible sense, job, wasn't uh, it, to knock Celtic off that that ten in a row streak? But yeah. he's done it. It was never going to happen. Potentially double them, double the money with the same expectations. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. I, that that for me is is it's, it's better than than reaching the playoffs of Derby. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think I think Frank Lampard got the teams. <laughs> made. I think Frank Lampard made such a mistake in in leaving Derby, yeah. um, because he's you know you've you've got them to the prem, uh, to the playoffs sorry in, in your first season go and build on that go and get yeah. them up to the premier league and you know work your way up to to the big job i know there's no other manager you know who has one season at a club gets them into the playoffs in the championship who's then going to go and get offered the chelsea job exactly. is it it's like you should but, be able to recognize that and there's a reason why that, that's the yeah. case so you should be able I to recognize that and and not take that risk but but i, I although i don't think it was the best sort of move that Chelsea called. Maybe it was a good move. Maybe it will turn out good, but we still don't know yet. It's still fairly relatively early days. Mm. It could turn it around. But... He could. If he I'm Frank Lampard, I take that job every time. Every time it comes out, I take that job because you could be you could be the man that was sacked by Derby. He could, he could go on the next season with Derby and it goes fucking wrong. Then you're sacked by Derby and then that's in your CV. Then he goes to a different club. It doesn't work out. sacked. And then that Chelsea job gets further and further and further and further yeah. away from you. Um, yeah, not, I suppose. Not closer. It's only if you succeed. And it's a fucking hard game to succeed, and a lot of it is dependent on right place, right time, bit of luck. A lot of people don't like talking about luck in football, but there's a lot of luck sort of stars aligning um, for things mm. to sort of happen uh, in the right way in football. So if I'm Frank Lampard, 100%, it was the right thing for him to take that job at the time because you don't know if you're going to get close yeah. to the Chelsea job. You could as much chance as getting further away from it. Um, so at the very least, now he has, I'll be manager of Chelsea in his CV, and if it doesn't work out, and I think he'll get more time than um, 
I think he'll have at least to the end of I the season. I think he gets to the end. I think it's Champions League. I don't know. I think it's Champions League. I, I think he'll get another season. I, I think if um, if they lose a few more few more games on the bounce, I think he's in he's in real this trouble. Is it, isn't it? Um, a... And then he's and then he's off for a, a job well, in the Abramovich, MLS next year. Abramovich could change his mind like <laughs> yeah. that. Exactly. Like exactly. That. So I, just, um, I don't know. I mean, I, it's a really good point what you say there, Sim, about obviously potentially he wouldn't have had that chance to, to take that job again. Um, so he couldn't really turn it down. But I I think personally, if Frank Lampard backed himself as a manager, he'd go and prove it at a lower club first and work his way up to a big job. Um, it, it could have done. Yeah. But then on, on the, the other side of that, obviously if he does well with the Chelsea job, you know, it, he's, you know, he's a top manager then, isn't yeah. he? Um, so it's, yeah, probably was a really difficult choice for him. But at this point in time, I think he's shown he's a little bit out of his depth. And it comes back to Olivier fucking Giroud. Put him, <laughs> start Giroud. 11. Yeah. Like, put him in the starting 11 and, you know, and, and reap the reward of that. And, you know, he hasn't done that. So, He's, he's been found out a little bit. I think this this next run of games for them is absolutely crucial. And, and if they don't come out of this with you know a series of victories, I think his position as manager is in in serious danger at Chelsea. I think uh, I think I, I'd be inclined to agree with you. On to Liverpool, Southampton or Southampton Liverpool, the the home side. Um, Danny Ings in the first two minutes, <laughs> and it was came over for Liverpool apparently. Yeah. I- do you know what? That that goal was absolutely brilliant from Danny Ings. A little bit of defensive naivety, I'd call it, from, from Trent in not heading that ball yeah. away. Um, but really, really well-taken goal from Danny Ings. He, he's, he knows exactly what he wants to do at that point and he's got the quality to execute that, that type of finish. A lovely little chip over the keeper, over one of the best keepers in the world as well. Um, and against your old club, I think that would have felt really good for him. But um, my general thoughts from this game is that Liverpool deserved at least a draw. I think in in the second half particularly, they dominated the game but Southampton, I think were prepared for that and they they set up to soak up that pressure and hit them on the counter-attack and in the end came out with with what is a massive, massive three points for them. Um, But Liverpool again, great build-up play no end product and that's unfortunately been the case for the last couple of games as well and and it it needs needs sorting out quick time, doesn't it, for you boys? um, Firstly, Danny Ings, what a finish that is. He's 50 Premier League goals now. And he, the thing what I loved about that finish was the fact he didn't even look at the goal. The ball come over his shoulder and he just instinctively mm. knew where the goal was and, and what a finish it was as well. It was brilliant. Um, Southampton were brilliant as well. I thought they were tactically very, very good. And Liverpool could not find a way through them. And the first half, I thought Liverpool was shocking. It was one of the worst first halves I've seen in a long long time from Liverpool you know as bad as they were in Newcastle this was worse um second half when they they came out and they you know they came out firing I thought you know that they could be going could potentially get ugly for Southampton here but they just couldn't create any chances and any chances that they did create they just couldn't couldn't didn't get a good shot on target to the 75th minute and that says everything about that Liverpool performance for me but I th- yeah, I think it was it was all in the sort of final product in terms of one shot in target from from sixteen Some attempts or so. I mean that's 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 fucking crazy. Not I mean, enough. I was a lot of the outside area shots. That I thought right, just get it on target, hit, test hit the keeper, it, yeah. and then yeah, and uh, it went into Rose Ed every fucking time. And I was thinking, what the f-? Mm-hmm. that particular one? Your chance skies it, but he's getting fucking he's yeah. on the edge of the box skies it and he's, he's got all the time in the world to place that shot uh, where he wants it and I was just like oh, it's just when you see things like that you just kind of know yeah. it's not your day um, mm. the front I, I think yeah it's tired legs not a whole lot of rotation um, 
I think no. I think some of those some of those chances that haven't been taken they do speak for how well Southampton yeah, defended and, and they they didn't provide Liverpool the, the the sort of space around the box that they needed to be able to take those chances um, and a lot of other teams obviously do that you know to their to their peril but I thought Southampton clearly in the second half looked as if they were just going to sit in soak up the pressure and make it hard for Liverpool to actually score when they get the ball in around the box and they did that really well but for Liverpool. As I say, it's not good enough. They need to be. They need to be taking those chances. They're the champions, aren't they? You know, they need to be be putting those chances away. If they're having sixteen shots at the goal, you need at least two or three of them going in, don't you? Yeah, to to be playing as you should be at that level. Um, so it's. It, I would be disappointed from a Liverpool perspective not to have at least come out with a draw. But Southampton credit to them because they played really, really well. I've the only thing I, dis- I disagree with. I, I, I agree with everything you said there, but. The- Liverpool yeah. deserved a draw. I don't think Liverpool did deserve a really? draw. I think you, if you deserve a draw, yeah, I think mm. if they 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 needs to tell that Fraser Foster was was tested once from a from a poor shot from Sadio Mane, and that doesn't scream a draw to me. No, um, I just I, I thought it more from a perspective of how much sort of dominance on the ball Liverpool had, and and the way that they spent the majority of the game around that eighteen yard box in Southampton's half. Um, that, I think, but I, I go on to that being part of uh, Southampton's game plan. Possibly, yeah, possibly. Everybody knows flood the box when, when Liverpool are on it, so to, you can block those costs. Yeah. Mm. And I think, yeah, Southampton did look comfortable even when they were out of possession. Uh, and I think they, they could have probably. They, all, they, almost, they almost scored again on the counter attack at one point, didn't they? Yeah. Um, which was cleared off the line. Henderson got back, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I, I, as I say, I think Southampton will be really, really pleased with the result. Of course, they will be. And um, I, I did. I, I personally thought Liverpool, if you know, they they could have done enough to have come away with a point there. But I think that was would have been all they deserved. Um, there was a couple of things but, for me. Yeah, as I say, Southampton. Um, I was I was really impressed with them, particularly as I say, the was, way that they looked to counter the team when they did get first, that I was really excited to see Oxley Chamberlain, Thiago, Wan Aldum. But then when I sat and thought about it, I thought you got two players who are coming back starting in midfield, hardest position on the pitch potentially, who have not played a lot of football. You've got Henderson at centre-back who provides a lot of that energy in that midfield. And I was a little bit worried at that point because mm-hmm. as good as those players are, they're not match sharp. They've not played a lot of football this season and they and they both looked very rusty. I mean, Oxlade-Chamberlain, the game sort of got by him, but that's not his own. It's no fault of his own. Do you know what I mean? He's not playing football. He's been injured for a long time. And the other thing for me as well is since Liverpool beat Palace six uh, seven nil, you know, Minamino yeah. started that game and I thought he was brilliant. One of his best performances in Liverpool shirt. And he's not yeah. played a minute since then. And I, f- I find that baffling that someone who's so close control on the ball and is such a you know, he's very, very good in those tight spaces. Can't yeah. get a look in against these teams <laughs> they need to be, have that little that you need that closeness on the ball, that little bit of flair that he can add. And I thought it was I think it's been strange that we've not we've not seen anything of him and he's just been sat on the bench. Hmm. Yeah. One of the ones is just, you kind of forget about these players because Klopp just sometimes just does so little rotation yeah. and kind of almost worrisome. Um, yeah, I just think, like, although I'm a big fan of Oxley Chamberlain. In the middle uh, of the park. I don't really yeah. like him out in the right. And I speak to you about that last night, Jay. I don't really fancy Oxley Chamberlain yeah. out in the right hand side. Um, putting in crosses I much prefer him he's not at all going no. through the he's, middle he's arriving, a, he's a central arriving late he's, into the box he's or hitting a, a shot from outside he carries area. the ball because um, so well. that's what he's good at you know yeah. He's, yeah. I don't see him as a, as a winger at all <laughs> I don't think he's built you never were he's, really <laughs> he's not anymore was he I think <laughs> yeah. he was when he was about 18 but not anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
A lot of us were bangers when we were 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I was well and truly a right back by then. I like the game. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, that, was, that was my main point. I think Thiago was unlucky with some of these passes. He did try some risky passes, uh, which I kind of like to see. I think if you're going to move the ball, move. Yeah. And I think in another day, if some of those passes comes off, maybe a chance opens up. Uh, but in terms of like, you know, like, it doesn't for me. It doesn't matter how much of the ball they had. Uh, what matters is they did not even really test the keeper at any point in a full ninety minutes from Liverpool. That's poor. From a side, I think, such, I think such what's worrying for us at the for Liverpool that not tested the keeper. You know, uh, ninety minute game Fulham, against Southampton. Brom, even if Southampton, it is away from Newcastle, home, I'm still classing that. And they've taken uh, four points. Uh, as a as a poor show. That is uh, very very worrying. Um, Exactly, and it's if they if they take maximum easy. points from those games, the, the league's an easiest run you're going to get. Now, that's that's all is. probably United yeah. They'll have been looking at that at the beginning of the season, like, like well, we're going to take maximum so points from all those yeah. games. And Liverpool, um, so yeah. points. And then United win their game, and on there, you know, top as well. So it's Liverpool have potentially let themselves down in that respect, but they've got the quality to turn it around. Of course, they have. Yeah, City win the two games. There's a lot of football left to be played. City win, City, yeah. So definitely, definitely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Of Loads course. of football left to be played. I think this yeah. might be an interesting season near the back end in terms of it, it going down to the wire more than more than it usually does. Um, probably the closest much, we've seen since eighteen nineteen when uh, Liverpool ran it right down to the last day. Um, yeah, that's going to do us for today. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Jake. Uh, thanks very much for joining me, Jed. Been a pleasure as always, boys. Uh, thanks very much to the listeners. Uh, we've got match coverage up on the website uh, of the Chelsea Man City game written by our, our writer. That's a really good read. Uh, so give that a wee look when you can. Um, we should have some other news to give you. We're going to be back on the in two days' time, I think, with the transfer show. Uh, and then we're back with Premier League 11. Or oh, they might be switched around, but we're back very, very soon. And we look forward to it. So we shall see you soon. Cheerio, bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.